0: a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus spoke this parable to his disciples. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard. I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. At about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. Go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day in the scorching heat. Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Although the vineyard owner calls him friend, in the garden of Gethsemane, when Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss, Jesus said to Judas, friend, do what you are here to do. This is more like the godfather saying, I made him an offer he can't refuse. Why don't you go into the tasting room? We're serving a nice cab. And by the way, drinks are on the house. Are you envious because I'm generous? But the parable was not about God's generosity. To say that God is generous costs nothing and changes nothing. If Jesus had only talked about a generous God, he would not have been crucified. The grumbling of the workers from the first hour reflects the grumbling of Jesus' contemporaries who were outraged at the new thing he was beginning with his disciples, a common life that grew out of constant forgiving and in which, therefore, there was room even for sinners." Jesus is giving us a picture of a new society that is beginning to grow around him. Robert Capon puts it this way. This is a parable about both grace and judgment. Grace for those who least deserve it. Judgment for those who resent it. Who turn the evil eye to God because God isn't fair and dispenses salvation for free. Jesus is on His way to Jerusalem to die for the world, not just for the redeemable, respectable, cooperative, hard-working part of the world, but for the whole world, for the first-hour winners and the eleventh-hour losers. Jesus was going to Jerusalem to close the book of the law once and for all, to become last among the losers to save every last loser in this world. The grumbling of the first-hour workers is the grumbling of the older brother when the prodigal son returns and the father welcomes him home with a banquet. Listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you. I've never disobeyed your command. The eleventh-hour worker is the thief on the cross who says to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Today, I assure you, you will be with me in paradise. Today, the kingdom of God begins in Jesus. Just before today's gospel, a young man came to Jesus and asked what he needed to do to inherit eternal life. Jesus said to him, If you wish to enter into life, Keep the commandments. He said he had kept all the commandments, which is probably why Matthew made him a young man. So Jesus said, You lack only one thing. Go, sell your possessions, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this word, he went away grieving for he had many possessions. The resentful workers have been led to desire. They resent what the vineyard owner has paid them because he could have paid them more. They want to be like the landowner. But Jesus calls us to follow him. Next Sunday, in the continuation of today's reading from Philippians, we read, Jesus Though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. Jesus is showing us how to give our lives away in love. He holds nothing back. He gives it all away. The last may be first and the first last, but that's only for the fun of making the point everybody is in the payout line, and everybody gets full pay. Here's a great quote from Robert Capon. If our world could have been saved by bookkeeping, it would have been saved by Moses, not Jesus. The law was just fine, and God gave it a good thousand years or so to see if anyone could pass a test like that. But nobody did. When it became clear that there was no one who was righteous, not even one, that both Jews and Gentiles alike were under the power of sin, Paul, Romans 3, God gave up on salvation by the books. He canceled everybody's records in the death of Jesus and rewarded us all equally and fully with a new creation in the resurrection of the dead. This is what it means to follow Jesus. As the Gospel of Matthew continues in the verses just after this parable, while Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside by themselves, and he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and on the third day he will be raised. This is the God we have, and this is the cost of being among the twelve. So we do not give out of our riches, but with money to spare. We give all we have. Otherwise. We model ourselves on the rich and the unjust, not upon the God who gives simply out of love. We do not give in order to receive blessings. We give simply because we can. We give because we have received treasure already. In this kind of giving, there is eternal life.